Dueling Dialogues is brought to you by our affiliates at IX Web Hosting. Click the banner on the right left chronicles.com to get up to 40% off your first year of the best hosting on the planet. Today's episode of Dueling Dialogue is brought to you by Saucy Eva. Gma's marinade is coming soon to a plate near you to gourmetize your meats and proteins. Coming to you from that once forgotten artery that pulses through the center of the continental United States and into the heart of the Ozarks, Grace Matthews. Looking in from the northern border, our Canadian friend, along with his countrymen feeling the effects of U.S. political issues, Connor Murphy. Welcome to Dueling Dialogues, episode 28. I'm Connor Murphy here with Grace Matthews. Hi, Grace. How are you doing today? I'm doing great. It's Friday. I've missed two happy hours in a row on Friday. <laughs> oh, no. I don't have to miss it today, so I'm happy. Good to hear. Yeah. What are we talking about today, Grace? Well, first of all, we're going to talk about something that makes me crazy. Okay. That is groupthink. It is so frustrating. It is what we warn our children of. It is unintelligent and discourages creativity. And it's trouble in politics. In fact, according to Wikipedia, it is a psychological phenomenon. Imagine that. Yeah. That occurs within a group in which the desire for harmony or conformity trumps everything in the group and results in an irrational or dysfunctional decision-making outcome. Right. So it takes on a life of its own and nobody's really thinking. They're thinking towards the goal. They're not adapting. Right. I honestly heard this the other day and it, it, it popped in my mind as soon as you said that. And in fashion of removing all the statues, I have heard that they are going to remove a World War One statue that's a cross because the cross could be offensive to other religions. They don't rationalize. Yeah, it's, it's like, it's well, shocking. maybe this will happen. Shoot, we'll, we'll tear down, you know, nearly a hundred years of history. Gosh, they've done more than a hundred years in, in some situation. But it also is part of the left's issues with Trump that have become groupthink. The resistance is just repeating a narrative that really can't possibly have any meaning to them. Right. It's it's like we've talked about with Lakoff's book and, and such. We're going after emotion. It doesn't matter who we plow down to get there. The best way to take down Trump is to appeal to the emotions of the masses. And this week, it's all everybody that talks about Trump, talks about him being imbalanced. He needs a psychologist. It's just on and on and on and on because that's the talking point that went out. Yeah, and that's what we did see here in Canada as well. A lot of people calling him out, saying that he's unstable. It's been happening for about a week and a half out here in Canada. Yeah, yeah. I mean, there's always some hint of it out there in the news, but... Oh, there is, but... but I know, I notice the increase. Their talking point. Yes. And, and the talking point makes them lose reality because they have a goal. Right now, the goal is for Trump not to finish his term. Right. And they really don't care how that comes about. How stupid it looks when they say something ridiculous. There, there's no logic they also use it to attack Trump when he's winning, right. when he is making progress, or when one of their own 
is taking a nosedive into oblivion. That's what happened when this Russian story broke with the Clintons this week. They needed a huge distraction. Well, they found their distraction. And their distraction became Representative Congresswoman Frederica Wilson. Okay. She was the distraction of the week. She put it was put out there by the left to steer attention away from the Clinton-Russian debacle. For anyone, especially a person from Congress, to interject a bereavement call by a president to a gold star family, it's unconscionable. Right. She interjected that into politics to rip him apart. What about that family? Yeah, exactly. And I but thought the same thing. Yes. Yeah, it, she's striking an emotion. I mean, what can be more emotional to any American, actually any decent human being around the world, than a fallen soldier? Right. She absolutely berated and chopped down what he had to say. He said something to the effect of he was doing what he loved and he knew the risk. And what he was doing. He said that to the parent. She said it was inappropriate. Now, a lot of times the context is hugely important. And since there is not a tape of this conversation, I'm sure it's kind of like you can call your kid a damn monster or you can say, oh, you're a cute little monster. (laughs) They're not the same things. Right. I mean, let's face it. We can take things out of context and make them ugly. Yeah, which is a lot of what is happening out there. And that's what she did. Yeah, they take a little bit of truth and they just twist it and expand on it and put it out. As long as it as it appeals to emotions. Right. This is something that, it's always something emotional. This one takes the cake. She attacked him to turn the attention away from the Russian situation with the Clintons, and it worked. You know, the media just fell for it, hook, line, and sinker. Anyone can listen to this congresswoman and understand why she might have been the most disposable player on the left field. She called herself a rock star today for doing <laughs> Are you kidding me? Wow. I mean, she's wearing a rhinestone cowgirl hat. I guess she's the rhinestone cowgirl from Miami, which makes no <laughs> sense at all to me. But she, she always appears in these hats. Had she not behaved so badly, I would probably think it was cute, but I don't. <laughs> I do think it's fitting because it's all just a load of horse Well, and what just came out right as we were getting ready to air is just amazing. She claimed this morning that when White House Chief of Staff John Kelly used the term empty barrel, that it was a racist term. (laughs) John Kelly called her an empty barrel. He referred to empty barrels making the loudest noises. Right. She says she looked it up and it's a racist term. Our buddies at at the Daily Caller said they looked through everything, every urban dictionary, everything possible, and said that they could never find that used in any instance as a racist term. Well, it kind of fits. It's a barrel of horse. Well, you know what I'm saying? If, you know, 
whatever your plan is is not working well just throw racist in there yeah yeah or conspiracy theory yeah oh yeah yeah and you know um george w bush threw that out there yesterday mm-hmm. he's fighting for the establishment everything's a conspiracy theory Oh well, when, everything when, the establishment doesn't want to hear is a conspiracy theory. I have a feeling the swamp is getting drained, so you're seeing these old crocodiles crawl out from the swamp to oh, join yeah. that fun. John McCain jumped all over a reporter for asking him if his relationship with Trump would, I don't know, I'm I'm going to paraphrase, um, cause him to not vote for Trump's agenda. And he just jumped all over that report. I thought it was a legitimate question. He said, why would you ask me that? Why would you ask? Because <laughs> he, he wanted to know. Seven. I mean, yeah. it was a fair question. I mean, you know, because he's been practically stumping with the Democrats. Yeah. What other conclusion could this reporter actually have? He's been going on mainstream media and talking like a Democrat. Yeah, absolutely. He refused to vote for anything until last night. They did vote for a budget. Hmm. All of the Republicans voted yes for the budget, except for Rand Paul, who, you yeah, know, another okay. story for another day. Yeah. But not one Democrat voted for the budget. Hmm. But it still got 51-49. So that is the only, I think that is the only minor win that Trump's had with the Senate in nine months. And and it's Republican controlled. And it's the only time that McCain went to the Republican side. Yeah. And then we I did see some sort of story yesterday saying that, oh, Trump doesn't like the health care plan now or something. It, of course so, he doesn't like it now. It's on <laughs> Trump's agenda. Yeah. So, yeah, it's it's getting ugly out there. There's a lot of low blows flying around. And, you know, to see some to see George W. come out and speak, I was I was shocked. He usually stays home and paints. <laughs> yeah. But the establishment is feeling the pain. And actually, the other day when Trump gave a speech at the Heritage Foundation, I felt like that was part of the establishment bending their knees to him because the Heritage Foundation is a think tank that has notoriously been pretty establishment. Now, that's my opinion. And for him to give a speech there, I don't know. I don't know, Connor. They might be saying, you know, we're, we're going to lose if we go against this guy. Hmm. I don't know. But all of it detracted from the biggest story of the week. And that was the real Russian collusion. Yes. Reading lots about that here, too. Yeah, and and, and it is deep. I'm sure we're going to need to revisit this more and more as it comes out. As we speak right now, there are hearings going on in private in Congress trying to get to the bottom of this. Loretta Lynch is being questioned right now about the tarmac meetings with Bill Clinton and about the cover-up from the Russian situation with the Clintons. Okay, according to the Daily Caller, who has kind of compiled this recently, because some of the early stuff was very confusing. It's still a lot of information. According to them, the Russian intelligence targeted Hillary in 2009. That was 
right before she took office. Russian spies were watching her in 2008. That's when she would have been campaigning and running for president against Barack Obama. <laughs> okay, so this situation went on for years. It was called by the FBI Operation Ghost Story. Okay, they busted 10 spies, Russian spies. These were people that had acclimated themselves into society. They had jobs. They had spouses. They had, had children. They were all up and down the East Coast. Okay? Yeah. After they busted them, Hillary Clinton was then Secretary Clinton, Secretary of State. So she made a deal in a real quick hurry. I mean, the FBI even thinks that this is, it was, she was in a rush. So she makes the deal with Putin that didn't exactly benefit the United States, but got him his spies back over to Russia. Wow. So that's just the beginning. Okay. Okay. Now, ironically, oh boy, this is good. This occurred simultaneously as an arrangement to provide Moscow State Rosatom Nuclear Agency with 20% of the American uranium. Now, wow. And I got, I got to go back to that, but and a gift of $145 million to the Clinton Family Foundation. Oh. And wait a minute, Clinton, Bill Clinton, was also paid a half a million dollars at the same time to give an hour-long speech to a Kremlin-connected bank. Wow, that's now, bordering treason. How do you make any of this legitimate? Now, let me let me explain something about uranium, Okay. First of all, you guys have the best uranium in the world up there. Actually, okay? I have a niece that works for a uranium mine. Well, I'm not surprised. Now, as far as uranium goes, we, we know that you have to have it for nuclear power. Right. Okay. You, you can't get it without it. This report says American uranium. I'm Surely it means U.S. uranium. Right. Not, not anything to do with Canada, but it, it's odd that it didn't say United States. It's that American. So I'm assuming that's just a wording issue. Now, the U.S. only has 1% of the world's uranium, okay? We yeah. need to hang on to our uranium. Yeah, 1%. No Russia has 9% of the world's uranium. This is natural. Uranium is not hard to get to, okay? So Hillary Clinton sold more than 20% of our uranium to Russia. We're already at an 8% deficit. Huh. What the f***? Yeah, yeah, exactly. I mean, how can you possibly make a story for that? How do you justify that move in any way, shape, or form? It scares the hell out of me. It scares okay. the hell out of me, too, that someone, just anyone, has enough power to do that. The Clintons are so damn money hungry. They would sell our safety and did it. Yeah. Like I said, Russia already has eight times more uranium than we have. Yes. Okay. Hardly anybody in the world has less than we have, naturally. Are that, you kidding me? That is uh, a head scratcher, to say the least. Okay, 
So now that's my part. I, they didn't put that in. I, they didn't put that in the story in the Daily Caller. That's where I kept going. How hard is it to get? How long does it take the Earth to make uranium? Right. My point is, and, and it was much worse than I thought when I looked into it. Russia has more, yet we gave them more. We sold them more than twenty percent. I don't think we need to be selling anybody any uranium. You know, how are we even going to power our own nuclear plants? Or are, or medical equipment or exactly. medical procedures? Yeah, there are other. Yeah, there's more. Great point. You know, we run out. That's the one way that people have us. I have our neck in the news. Yeah. As a superpower, you cannot be doing things like that. And a hundred and forty-five million dollars that right now. We cannot track that went to the Clinton family foundation. Hmm. Nobody knows exactly where it went. It sounds like a laundry operation, a money laundering operation. Basically, that's what it would be. I'm sure it's in some sort of tax haven offshore account somewhere. Guaranteed. It's absolutely. I mean, how much money? I ask this every time we talk about the Clintons. How much money do they need? I mean, you know, Chelsea's already married. They don't have to pay for another wedding. But they still continue to sell out every American. Where did she get married? Dubai? Mm -hmm. I mean, how expensive can it be? Probably the most expensive place in the world, or one of them. Yeah, that's why I'm thinking maybe Dubai. I don't know. Anyway, this ghost stories operation by the FBI, like I said before, went on for 10 years. They had Clinton on her, on their track the whole time. Because she was on the Russian spies, you know, she was on their list. They were trying to permeate her inner circle. There was a tax accountant in Manhattan that very quickly permeated her inner circle of five people that were very close to her. The report did not name what five people, but this Russian spy that had a job, a high-level job at a tax office in Manhattan, had no trouble whatsoever. Hmm. They also know that the Clintons love cash and, and that it's their, it's like kryptonite with them. They will yeah. do stupid stuff to get money, and they will sell the United States out without a second thought. Well, they did. For the right money. They did. Just and, with uranium, that, that's and a sellout. you got to remember, we're just talking about Russia. There were countries all over the world giving outrageous amounts of money. And we really need to ask why. Why? Yeah. I mean, because these, even the middle, some of the Middle Eastern countries that believe in Sharia law, the the very bad treatment of women, were giving extraordinary amounts of money to a so-called feminist. (laughs) Yeah. Two and two equals three. Does that just not strike anybody else as strange or are we or is the left so embedded in groupthink that they can't see it they can't hear it well another thing is they immediately stop the right with labeling them as a conspiracy theorist and the damn right falls for it yeah i mean they fall for it i mean even trump he took this this distraction from this frederica wilson about this fallen soldier, him and his chief of staff, uh, General Kelly, they took it, like my daddy said, hook, line, and sinker. And they just reeled him in. They should have let it go. 
let the nuthead with rhinestone cowgirl just babble her way to oblivion. <laughs> they shouldn't have responded to her at all because all it did was buy the Clintons a safety net for the week. Because you know how breaking news is. It won't be as big a deal next week unless something greater happens. Yeah. Well, it'll give them time to uh, spend a few million dollars on paper shredders. Well, yeah, paper shredders and and a new group think, you know, a new idea, a new emotional crisis. We got to quit reacting to emotional crises. Of course, it's easy. If I say that you didn't cry for a child, it is easy to get people to react. Yeah. And that is what they're doing, making people on the right out to be bad guys. But they also know who their friends are on the right. Yeah. As we discussed before, McCain, Collins, Murkowski, you know, they go cheer them on in their town hall meeting. Yeah. Because, you know, they're they're covert, covert agents, I guess. Well, I, I was just thinking the same thing. They're basically a double agent. Yeah. In, in the spy world, the equivalent. Yeah, that's exactly what they are, a double agent. Yeah. And, um, you know, like I said, like him or not, he does idiotic things. But Trump is doing excellent things for the economy. U.S. job claims are the lowest in 44 years this week. Wow. 44 years is a long time. Yeah. I mean, we've had a lot of highs and lows in 44 years. And the Dow broke another ceiling this week, 23,000. Crazy. Wow. Yeah. I mean, economically, he is... Well, I'm very surprised at this. Not saying that it's surprising that you guys are doing good, I'm surprised that Trump is able to accomplish anything with the media moved way to the far left and even some of the own Republican members acting like Democrats. Well, yeah, yeah. And then the establishment in the background, you know, it's just like when George W. Bush gave his speech yesterday. He was talking about Trump, but he never mentioned him. Right. He never mentioned him by name. Yeah. You know, but the the establishment is rumbling. So, yeah, you've got the media, the establishment, you know, some regular Democrats, some regular Republicans. You, you've just got an amazing amount of groups that are against this president. Well, I'm just amazed anything gets accomplished at all now because it just seems like basically a political party war south of the border well you know and we're, we're just we're so pc that nobody can get anything done for example um the nfl met for two days about this national anthem situation <laughs> they the two owners days. met for two days and they came to no substantive conclusion <laughs> Nothing came out of it. Who and, cares? And a part of it is the yeah. PC culture. You know, they're afraid to come out and go against the players that are are taking a knee. This know? is just stupidity. It is stupid, and and we can't get anywhere. No, you know? no. You I know? mean, even at sports is at a halt. Make a damn decision. It is hurting their bottom line. Right. I mean, people are not watching. They're losing millions of dollars over this it's like i told you i mean 
when these TV stations sell advertising for these shows, they sell it saying, okay, we're going to have 10 million viewers. So you got to pay us in advance for 10 million viewers. Well, if they get 7 million, they got to give a refund. Yeah. <laughs> Apparently, there's a lot of refunding going on. Oh. Yeah. Next year, when they make contracts with the NFL and some of these certain teams, this is going to be bad for the NFL. I mean, see, they won't feel that crunch till it's time to contract next year. Yeah. Huh. And so I know that the owners are nervous, but they're afraid if they say you're going to be punished if you take a knee, they'll be called racist. <laughs> yes. That's well, the only reason don't, not. When in doubt, pull the race card or call them a conspiracy theorist. How about an empty barrel? <laughs> Oh, I agree with you there. <laughs> you know, that is that is pretty degrading. I, it's definitely not racist, but I would hate to be called a loud, empty barrel. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I would hate that. that. I mean, like, empty, you know, like, really suggests a lot of things. Like, you know, you don't have a brain, God gave a goose. You can say all those little things, you know, yeah. they said back in the old days. It just really, yeah. It's a lot really... of applied humor to that one. Hidden. Oh, I love it. I love it. Yeah, I... he's such a, you know, <laughs> it's a solemn man. And it was such a solemn subject because he himself lost his son in the war. Uh, so he's a gold star father. Um... And when he called her an empty barrel, oh, my goodness. That was like, you know, you had to grin a little bit. Yeah, for sure. Oh I gosh. agree with you there. Yep, and we don't always agree, but life's a journey, and we're all in this together. Thanks for listening. Godspeed, Connor, and Godspeed to all of our friends out there. Godspeed, Grace, and Godspeed to all the listeners out there. Thanks for tuning in. Dueling Dialogues is brought to you by our affiliates at IX Web Hosting. Click the banner on the rightleftchronicles.com to get up to 40% off your first year of the best hosting on the planet. Today's episode of Dueling Dialogue is brought to you by Saucy Eva. Gma's marinade is coming soon to a plate near you to gourmetize your meats and proteins.